There's a gremlin that sits in most of us. It turns us from perfectly coherent, interesting human beings into dry bits of cardboard when it's time for us to make a piece of marketing. So today we're going to dissolve that gremlin by learning how to tell stories. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories. Write copy that feels good. It's the no-fluff copywriting podcast that teaches you to write copy you can feel good about and gets you more clients along the way. I'm your host, Jayati Bora, and I'm here to give you a shot of masala for your writing, a way for business owners like you to write copy your way, in your voice, with practical writing tips you can put into action right away. Let's find your words together. In one sense, we all know how to tell stories, don't we? We do it all the time. We come home from work or an outing with friends, and we tell a spouse or friend or neighbor, oh my God, you'll never believe what happened today. And then we launch into a story about where we were, what happened, who we were with, what happened next. And then our audience will laugh or shriek or say, no way, and offer us cookies. Okay, no one has ever offered me cookies before after I've told them a story, but I live in hope. So clearly, we know how to tell stories. You're telling them every single day, even if they're not classified in your brain as stories with a capital S. So if we all know how to tell stories, then why do we choke when it comes to our marketing? It's that pesky gremlin I was telling you about. When we sit down and when we're deliberate about it, that gremlin, he wakes up. When we have a purpose, a point to the story, the gremlin stirs. And when we change our storytelling mode from talking to writing, the gremlin gets especially angry. And what comes out on the other end are stories that are irrelevant to our marketing purpose and therefore unconvincing or unsuccessful, stories that don't really go anywhere, and stories that don't really feel like stories at all. And then you think you're incapable of using storytelling and marketing and you just abandon the effort or you pay a copywriter or maybe you buy some templates that sound nothing like you or you just abandon the whole project and wait for a previous client to refer you some new business. Now the art of storytelling, it's a skill and you'll keep getting better at it the more you practice but it would help a ton if you understood the basics. First, something has to happen. Something has to change. It can be an external change, like a volcano erupting, or falling down while riding a bike for the first time. Or it can be an internal change, like a realization that you need to break up with your friend, or knowing that your kid is turning into a brat. But at the end of the story, something needs to be different from the moment it began. Because if the story is all about everything staying the same, then it's not really a story, it's a description. It's setting the scene. It's a snapshot. Okay, so let's look at some examples of stories where something happens. Let's look at one story, a simple one. The story of the tortoise and the hare. The hare was making fun of the tortoise for being so very slow, so the tortoise challenges him to a race. And when they start the race, the hare starts running and has gone far ahead, so far ahead, in fact, that he decides to lay down and take a nap to mock the tortoise for how slow he is. 
The tortoise, on the other hand, is moving slowly but steadily and soon passes the place where the hare is still snoozing away. And by the time the hare wakes up, the tortoise is so close to the finish line that he wins the race. So that's the story. Has anything changed? At the start of the story, the tortoise and the hare are talking, then they start racing one another, and then the tortoise unexpectedly wins the race. So something has happened. Something has changed. Something is different at the end than it was at the start, right? Now let's go a little deeper into that story. There are actually two kinds of change going on here. There's the external one, which is clearly spelled out, that the tortoise beats the hare. And then there's the internal one as well, which is implied, or if you read the story in an Aesop's Fable collection, it might have been spelled out in the moral of the story, so that the children who are reading it don't miss the point. I hate stories with morals spelled out like that, by the way. It's so unnecessary. Anyway, the internal change is the realization on the part of the hare as well as the child who's reading the story is that slow and steady wins the race. Or as I saw it spelled out, the race is not always to the swift. So there's something happening in the story. That's just another way to say plot, right? We've all heard that word plot. Plot is simply all the events of a story. So in this case, we already know the plot. What else do we have? We have characters. There's the hare, who we know is mocking and rude. There's the tortoise, who's consistent and placid and actually the one who challenges the hare to the race. And though I didn't mention it, there's the fox, who's the judge and a supporting character. So it's not enough for things to happen. They have to happen to someone or some animal. Or if you're writing a fantasy story, maybe an inanimate object that can talk and think and feel. Right? So now we have two elements in that story. The plot and the characters. And then there's a third one, which is the setting. Where is the story happening? In some cases, when is it happening? With the tortoise and the hare, it's a really simple story and the illustration shows a wood, but there's nothing in the story about it, but it's implied. In most stories, there's some indication of setting. Maybe it's in a line like, in a land far, far away. You can find that in fairy tales or children's movies. Or maybe it's more like, in the good old days. If the story is being told by my dad, you can bet that the story will be happening in the good old days. <laughs> Sometimes it's more specific like that story you were telling your neighbor. Oh my God, you'll never believe what happened. I took my kid to his swimming class today and the instructor passed out in the deep end. All the kids started screaming and the lifeguard had gone to the bathroom and the other parents didn't know how to swim. So I had to jump in the pool. Thank God it's heated. And I had to rescue the swim teacher. That's why I'm dripping wet right now. Okay, I just made that up on the spot. But you see what we have here. We have a setting, which is swim class. We have a plot, the instructor fainting in swim class and the storyteller rescuing the instructor from drowning. And we have characters, the kids, the instructor, the storyteller. Again, super simple story, just a few sentences, but it has some drama, it has some masala. And with that, we're taking the storytelling lesson to the next level. Because you can have a story that's super simple and also not very interesting. And if you're using storytelling for your content and your marketing, you want it to be interesting to your audience. You want them to keep watching, keep reading, keep listening. So how do we make this interesting? How do we add some masala? Well, something dramatic could happen, right? Like a swim teacher nearly drowning. That's pretty dramatic. 
but that's not the usual cause of things right all stories don't have somebody nearly drowning in them to make them interesting so how do we take a very boring undramatic story and make it interesting i go into this topic in depth in a previous episode of cutting chai stories and that's season 4 episode 3 but jayati what do i talk about and in that episode i take the most boring anecdote i could think of when nothing dramatic happens and i show you how to turn it into an interesting story that's also relevant to the business owner's marketing so i'm not going to go totally in depth on this one here but one way to make a relatively boring story interesting if you have decided that this in fact is the story you want to tell one way to make it interesting is to elevate the small details if you're telling the story superficially from a bird's eye view those little details get flattened out just like when you're in an aeroplane and watching the ground recede maybe you'll see cars on the road getting smaller and smaller and big buildings turning into tiny matchboxes and eventually they all just look like dots interchangeable from one another but when you're at the ground level you can see the details and that makes an audi different from a tesla a harley Dif- davidson different from a dinky scooter you can see the material used in the buildings the gargoyles carved on the roof so one way to make relatively undramatic stories more interesting is to zoom in on the details now let's take that idea and apply it to marketing shall we so suppose you run an ice cream shop and what you do differently is you have the most interesting and unusual flavors right you've declared war with vanilla so you want to convey that in your marketing that you're special you're different but you don't really have a dramatic story to use in your marketing in fact the story you have is very ordinary because it's about a little girl who gets stickers for being brave when she gets her flu shot so how do you make this very ordinary commonplace story dramatic and how do you connect it to what you do to the ice cream shop so i made this piece of marketing to give you an example salma that's the little girl's name salma had been very brave at the doctor's office she had made her usual fuss when her dad made the appointment but she'd been getting her flu shot every october for the past 4 years and she knew the drill they'd go into the doctor's office she'd play with the train set until the lady in the blue shirt and pants called her name and then she and her dad would go into the inside room and when they were done and her tears wiped away she'd get to pick a superhero sticker from behind the reception desk as her reward her name had just been called and she pushed the engine one last time on the tracks before following her father inside when the syringe was uncapped she hit her face in her father's sleeve and took big gulping breaths it was going to hurt it was going to hurt it was going to hurt it was going to ouch it had hurt but what waited for her was her superhero sticker and salma knew just which one she wanted to get the only catwoman sticker in the bunch she'd scoped it out before sitting down at the train tracks it was hers she'd done so well at the doctor's office today even the nurse said so her father patted her head and chatted with the receptionist while she rummaged through the sticker chest for her reward but it wasn't there again she looked and again finally salma dumped them all out on the floor and still nothing where was it i wrote that in all caps and bold by the way Are you looking for a particular sticker honey? The kind nurse asked. Yes, she whispered. The Catwoman one. Oh, I'm so sorry honey, the nurse responded. 
Thomas just left with that one just five minutes ago. Would you like Superman instead? Salma shook her head in misery, tears welling up in her eyes. But that was my reward, she sobbed. Her father gave her a tight hug. He knew he had about 60 seconds before this turned even messier than it was right now. I have an idea, he said. How about we get you a scoop of ice cream instead? You like vanilla, right? Salma's face showed some slight interest as she considered this. Ice cream? She loved ice cream. That would be a treat. But vanilla isn't special, Papa, she protested. I get vanilla every weekend, even when I'm not brave. I need reward ice cream. Hmm, her papa replied. Reward ice cream. I know just the place. Okay, so in that story, we took what was a very simple, very commonplace occurrence, right? Getting a flu shot at a pediatrician's office. And we gave it a little bit of masala. You have the setting, which is the doctor's office. You have the characters, Salma, her father, the nurse. And you have the plot, which is that something happens to disrupt the usual flow of things. The sticker she wants is no longer there, so they have to find her a different reward. And the way to connect the story of a flu shot with your ice cream shop with the fancy flavors is to link it with the idea of rewards. Vanilla is ordinary, your story says. Vanilla is boring. The kind of ice cream you serve is reward ice cream. It's the kind of ice cream that'll make your kid stop crying. Make sense? So remember that story gremlin sitting inside you messing up your storytelling abilities? Let's look again at what happens when this gremlin attacks, right? You'll get stories that are irrelevant to your marketing purpose and therefore unconvincing or unsuccessful. Stories that don't really go anywhere. Stories that don't feel like stories at all. So here you've taken a story that is relevant to your marketing purpose. So maybe I should say you've made it relevant to your marketing purpose. And the story goes somewhere. Salma gets something even better than a superhero sticker. She gets your amazing ice cream. And I think you'll agree, the story does feel like a story. So the next time you're trying to use stories in your marketing, listen to this episode and make sure your story has a plot, it has a setting, and it has characters. And that story-choking gremlin sitting inside you will begin to dissolve away. Before I let you go, I wanted to tell you about the workshop I ran last weekend. It was called Unbore Yourself. It was an intimate session on Zoom where I took the participants through using storytelling in their marketing using three different strategies so that they can generate endless content for their marketing. It went so well and I got such good feedback that I've decided to hold it again, but supercharged. It's going to be a two-part workshop and we're going to cover the elements of a story and how to tell a good one and then use that foundation to generate stories for our marketing. And if you enjoy this episode of the podcast, you are going to love this workshop because that is going to cover the same thing in more detail. And more importantly, you're going to apply it to your own writing, to your own marketing, because it's great to see other people do it. And you can get tons of ideas and learning that way. And if you can't attend the workshop or if this episode was enough for you, that's great. But I know that a lot of you are going to say, well, listening to this was good, but I want more. I want to actually do the writing and figure out how to do it for myself instead of reading your writing. And for all of you who feel that way, I have this upcoming two-part workshop. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can sign up. It's on Friday, October 28th. Check it out. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Until I see you again next Thursday, tell some stories.